Welcome to the Mere and Powerful Podcast, where we believe in going far by going together. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Empowerful Podcast. On this episode, I sit down with Onda Origins founder, Paul Tupper, and we have an amazing conversation about how his side hustle of roasting coffee has turned into an incredible full-time job with employees. We touch base on traceability and transparency. And most importantly, we talk about how Onda is empowering people around the world. It's an amazing founder story. I'm so excited for you to listen in. And hey, if you're in the Seattle area, please stop by our flagship store in the Fremont neighborhood and grab a cup of coffee as Onda Origins is our guest roaster through the end of March. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks. Paul, welcome to the show. It's good to have you on. Thanks. Excited yeah. to be here. Yeah, we're here in Seattle, Washington. Uh, we just built out our new uh, podcast studio. Before, it was just uh, a bunch of plywood walls, and uh, we feel like we're growing up a little bit. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's good to have you in. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about Onda. We drink, uh, we're drinking your Burundi at the office right now. It's Burundi season, which I love. So uh, I'm a big fan of the brand, the quality, the transparency. Um, but we'd love to kind of share your story with our audience. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. If you, I'd love for you just to introduce yourself and, and what you, what you do. Yeah. So I'm uh, Paul Tupper. I'm, I'm one of the co-founders of Onda Origins along with my brother, Scott, um, come from a background and maybe we'll, we'll come back to that later, but in environmental fundraising, environmental education, and, um, and just have, have a deep, deep love for all things environmental. Um, as my brother and my histories kind of converged, uh, we started thinking about how can we build a brand that upholds the values that we believe in, yeah. um, but but also has the scalability of a for-profit. And, and what we came up with was was a, a model that we don't believe has been done or done well in the coffee industry before um, that focuses on on um, knowing who you're sourcing from and then a revenue share model between between grower and drinker. That's awesome. So we actually, we met before, well, maybe you were working on Onda while this was, was all going down, but we actually met you through Islandwood, which is a great environmental nonprofit on Bainbridge Island. Yep. What were you doing there? Yeah, so uh, to your first point, I, I definitely <laughs> was doing some moonlighting and weekend work uh, for, for a spell there, and um, Islandwood was, uh, I, I moved out to Seattle for grad school, and um, Islandwood, I actually started working there in their philanthropy department, um, in 2013. And it was just a, a really fantastic spot to, to start a career for someone who had previously been in environmental education, but wanted to take a, a, a different approach to the way that I was affecting the world. Um, instead of delivering the service, how could I empower people that cared about this to give? And, uh, how could I empower our staff to, to give the best service possible to, to the people we were serving? Totally. It was a really, it was a magical, magical place to work. Um, it's 250 acres. It's gorgeous. Uh, huge yes. Islandwood shout out. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I'll never, I'll never stop kind of, kind of pimping them out. They, if you need a, a beautiful wedding venue, conference venue, um, looking for a place that, that does great stuff with donations, um, Islandwood is, is a perfect spot. So I basically outside of running the philanthropy team there, I, over four years, I, I went through every position possible in the philanthropy department. And my last position was kind of strategic partnerships, um, some some individual giving, um, kind of a cross between marketing and fundraising. Yeah. And uh, Brian reached out to us uh, regarding, regarding a giving project um, for a line of notebooks yep. um, that tied in with, they were looking for uh, mission fit regional organizations. And Islandwood really fit the bill. Um, 
at the time they were serving 15,000 kids a year, both on Bainbridge Island outside of Seattle, as well as throughout Seattle's kind of city center. And, um, so we developed some, some great marketing materials together and, and, um, we're really, really excited and proud to have, uh, been, been chosen to work with the Mir crew, uh, on that giving project. And so I got to know Becca, who was, who was, who was, um, doing all, all impact direction and um and we put together a really fun campaign and yeah and that was it was cool it was a beautiful time and it was the south seattle no where was it was um where was that it was it, it was it um the wastewater treatment right. center up yep. in woodenville that's right yep. yep yeah that was um that was kind of one of our first projects into a domestic i mean we done some domestic giving on like uh transportation bicycles and whatnot but this was really one of the first environmental grants Yep. And then Dennis Madsen, who was one of our advisors, former CEO of REI, was involved with Islandwood. And That's he's, right. he's always talking about at least like Islandwood, Islandwood, Islandwood. We're like, all right, let's check this out. Yep. Yeah, and it ended up working out. And uh, the, the fundraiser they put on every year, too, is like kind of mind-blowing. Like Alaska is a huge part of it, right? And Yeah, they, they um, the board at Islandwood is really, really fantastic. Um, uh, Dennis is emeritus there. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, they, they, they're able to really bring in some special um, – some special people and organizations to support this work. Yep. Yeah. Like I literally think I ran into Steve Ballmer, like going to the bathroom. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, yeah. You, you, yeah. Yep. You didn't hear it from me, but it could have been there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was, I mean, that was a really, really great organization. So what, how did you, I think a lot of people who are looking to start a company are like, they kind of feel like they have to just jump in and you can kind of like start with your side hustle and then make it your main hustle. Yep. How long were you working on your side hustle? <clears throat> Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll preface this with my brother was working in a, in a current international development and kind of entrepreneurship in, in, in those circles. So he, he was coming more from, um, not that either of us excluded environment or people from our way of thinking, but I was coming from an environmental side of thinking. He was coming from a people side of thinking. Uh, he'd returned from Samoa and there had been a failed USAID project on the coast there. Um, the short story is... There'd been a tilapia farm installed uh, right on the coast, freshwater fish. It was a super productive reef. Yeah. And so fish wasn't necessary. Um, the, the project had been put into place without consulting the people that were there. As soon as the government pulled out, the tilapia farm was abandoned. All the fish was pulled out. What they did need was freshwater storage for rainwater and, and cisterns and stuff. And so they converted everything there to to what they needed, which was freshwater storage. So Scott came back from that and was um, working in the service industry. I was working at Islandwood. And the, we, we started the company, like we you know filed paperwork in April of 2016. It had been an idea for about a year before that, which started with the idea of if we could have a single grower represented on a single coffee cart, like yeah. let's say on UW's campus or totally. wherever, that'd be a really cool way to say like vertical integration, yeah. right? It evolved a lot from there. And so by the time April 2016 rolled around, uh, later that year, um, Scott really pared down his uh, his part-time work in the service industry. And then I worked at Islandwood full-time until um, October of 2017. So you were the breadwinner while he was starting to get things going. <laughs> if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> We'll get him on record. We'll see what he thinks about that one. Yeah, technically, yeah. <laughs> my, my wife was the breadwinner. while Yeah, Oh, that's funny. So, you, uh, what was the what was the moment where you're like, you know what, great time in Islandwood, but I gotta pursue this. I'm gonna like 
pull the ripcord and go full time with Honda. Yeah, so I'd been able to be very transparent at Islandwood, which was amazing um, that I was building this thing and it was, the support was there 100%. Um, and what a valuable lesson for me to have people invested in my happiness as leaders um, and my productivity. And they knew that I'd be productive there as long as I was engaged in life. Yeah. You know, um, I think we're entering a time where people aren't expected to, to leg it out for, yeah. you know, necessarily, <laughs> you know, even five years is a long time in, in today's world. Um, so as 2017 came through and I was getting more and more exhausted, we, uh, early 2017, we had won a, a huge qualitative win for ourselves, uh, in which we were, um, featured at Canlis, uh, which, oh, nice. which if, if you're not from Seattle is one of the, the top tier yeah. restaurants in the world. Yeah. Um, and so that was this huge mark of, of quality. We're like, all right, we're, we're doing the right thing. Our branding's not quite there. You know, we don't have really any effort. This is all like on, on the fringes, but we're, we're getting there. Yeah. And then we, hand in hand with the, the first girl we worked with, Enrique Navarro from Costa Rica, he was visiting us and we took him um, to Microsoft's campus for a, to try and win a bid for a cafe that they're remodeling and was focused on sustainability. And we won that bid. And oh, cool. while it was nowhere close to being financially what we needed to like commit ourselves full, full time to this, we said, this is the moment. And, and so we jumped. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. There's like, there's, I feel like there's always a breadcrumbs where it's like, you start to like pick up this momentum and you just, yeah, you feel it's, it's not necessarily describable. I mean, sometimes you're like, yeah, it was like this moment or like this was the tipping point, but it's just, it's like a feel. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know if you've had the same experience, but I, I wished or, or maybe imagined that there would be this big one. Yeah, yeah, And it's it's a lot more small ones. It's a lot of small ones. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of small wins that, like, you're yeah. like, okay, I think it's this, I think it's this, then it starts to build, it starts to build. And, I mean, for us, it was, I don't know if there was any, because, you know, I quit my job in t- 2009 without, like, having launched yet. But it was it was more of just, like, I'm going to take a flyer on this on this concept and this idea that I have. And then it took like a good three, four years. And then Patagonia reached out in 2013. Uh, and then like 2015, Blue Bottle reached out. And then more recently, um, like Whole Foods, Everlane, like all these people just come in our help desk. Yep. And it's just, that's when you're kind of like, all right, I think we're onto something here, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's those, those inbound calls yeah. that you're like, I expected these to come a lot sooner. Yeah. 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 But that, yeah. So it's, it's always, um, it's always a, it's a pleasant surprise when you get the email from somebody like Microsoft or whoever yep. else. So yeah, that's awesome. So you guys, uh, started in Seattle, you started roasting. Did you have your own roasting equipment? Like what was that process of like, Hey, we're going to source this. We don't have a lot of capital. How are we going to make this work? What was the thought process there? Yep. So, um, we started in a hyper bootstrapped mode where we were just running the business out of our, uh, at the time my brother and I shared, uh, an apartment down in the Georgetown neighborhood. And we were roasting with, with friends, business partners, where we basically set our roast profiles, um, working with them and then said, you know, we were doing the sourcing and then we'd say, this is how we want it roasted. And so we just call in the orders then and we were paying by the pound. And that's a pretty common setup in, in the get off, get off the ground for yeah. being a coffee roasting company. Um, so we did, a l- we, we, we got some, some, some early partners, investors, um, uh, you know, little dollars in the big scheme of things, big dollars to us. And that allowed us at, at the time to manage some green inventory buying, okay. um, a little bit of branding work, which my, my wife, uh, is a, is a 
is an amazing designer and has, has, um, uh, we would have no brand if it wasn't for her. So, so <laughs> that was, um, fortunately been, it's, it's just been a, a, a huge blessing for us as we've, as we've got this beautiful brand now. Um, so, so some, some, right. So there's collateral, there's the, the green coffee, there's, um, intermittent salary for, yeah. <laughs> for my brother and myself. And then we were able to make a, a full-time hire in November of 2017. Nice. Um, that's been over the course of the last year, a lot of really, um, it's been, if, you know, it's, it's, it's a long and tough journey. Um, but reflecting on the past year, so much has happened that, um, it's, it's, it's almost hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're roasting on our own equipment now. And Oh, nice. Yeah. So I was like, what are some key markers? You have your own equipment and yeah. Uh, own equipment, own space. We're building out our kind of, um, flagship roaster, um, roaster cafe space, which is down South of Seattle. It's in Seattle, but it's, um, it's on Rainier Avenue South, uh, in a little neighborhood called Hillman city. Um, which is maybe six or seven blocks South of Columbia city. Um, so, so equipment and space is a big one for us. We're a storytelling brand as, as is Mir. Yeah. And, um, we, our message usually lands with people. Um, but when you're working only in wholesale, it can be, it can be difficult to get that message spread totally. and, and just to anchor the brand. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about, so let's talk about brand where, what is, what is on to mean and, and how did you come across, like, how did you develop that name and, and thought process behind it? Uh, it's on uh, is Spanish and Portuguese for um, waves, um, not necessarily ocean waves, but but more like like scientific waves. Yeah. Um, also, ripple vibes, vibe, <laughs> absolutely vibes. So, Buena Onda is super, super popular in in Mexico and and in Kayonda and Guatemala, um, which is where the majority of our sourcing is coming from is Guatemala. And so, we just said, okay, we've got this revenue share model that. That connects the, the two most important people in coffee supply chain, the person who's growing it and the person who's drinking it. Yeah. And um, our theory is if we can make the two of them feel connected socially and financially, then there's going to be positive ripples um, throughout the tropics as we as we yeah. kind of, uh, as, as our revenue model. Yeah, yeah good vibes. Yeah, good vibes. <laughs> Buena And um, the original name of the company was, well, the original... I should say we filed under the name Onda Exchange Company, okay. um, but we we it was it was not quite right, and so we ended up pivoting and, and doing Onda Origins. Yeah, the exchange kind of feels like stock markety or yeah yeah, and and it was kind of a call out to I think what we originally thought we could do, which was like source sixty different single origins right off the bat, and then yeah, like yeah. have people like filter down by like region or 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 maybe a quality of the coffee variety yeah. or processing method or maybe cause, right? Maybe this grower's working on a reforestation project. Um, but, you know, for the first year of existence, we only had two <laughs> growers, so there wasn't yeah. much of an exchange. There's two. Yeah. A, B. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So you first started sourcing in Costa Rica, and from there, have, where have you expanded to now? Yeah, so Costa Rica and Brazil were the two we started with. Okay. Um, Enrique Navarro, when we launched the company, uh, we actually flew Enrique here and he spent the summer with us um he lived on our couch and he's yes. he's an amazing grower he's uh his dad and him enrique's in his mid to late 20s um enrique and his father enrique senior converted their farm which is in uh Tarasu, costa rica from conventional to uh specialty um a decade or so ago oh, wow. and it's a, it's it's not an immediate transition um 
but they took a really scientific approach to it, put in best practices, and in 2014, one cup of excellence for Costa Rica. Uh, World Barista Champion has used Enrique's coffee before, and so they, they their story of coffee gone right. Yeah. And Enrique lived with us. He was enrolled at UW for business courses for English during that summer, and we basically just did this, like, let's exchange everything we know. We're trying to build this business. He's a foundational partner. Um, and um, as we're we're expanding, right? So the second, the kind of simultaneously, we started sourcing from a Brazilian named Kiko Ribeiro. Um, and that was through a connection we'd had here in Seattle. Uh, his brother-in-law is yeah. Brazilian, lives in Seattle and, and does most of the, the importing for Brazilian coffees in Seattle. Um, and in the time since we've added, uh, Guatemala Laos, which, uh, is a, as, as you know, pretty, <laughs> pretty, uh, rare spot to source coffee coming. from. Yep. Um, Burundi, we have sourced and no longer do from Rwanda um, and hoping to add Colombia soon as nice. well. Yeah. Yep. Burundi. Burundi season. Yep. Burundi season. What, it, what? Technically, when is Burundi season? January? Oh, man. I need Kayla here for yeah. the real answer. <laughs> yeah. So I just know it's like, it's like early, or it's like midwinter. I just know yeah. it's like January, you start seeing the Burundi. We, we just re-upped. Um, and so we're, we're, um, we're, we're excited. We've, we, it's, we have a different processing method. Um, we, we bought the lot, the similar lot that we had last year, and then we bought a new processing method too. So we're excited to have some stuff to play with. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Nice. That's really exciting. The, um, yeah, I love how you guys do the packaging and it's like actually the, it's on the front, is it on the front of the back of the actual farmer? What we're trying to do is, is be upfront with the level of traceability that we can be sure that, that it came from. Um, in an ideal world and as we move forward and, and, and gather clout and resources and other things, we're going to be able to source every coffee the way we want and implement our traceability. But as it is now, whatever you see on the front of the bag, whether that's down to the cooperative level, um, sometimes it's a, the name of a family or a village, um, and sometimes it's the name of an individual grower. That's the level of certainty we can say these beans came from. Yeah. And so on the front of the bag, the, mo- the, the, the more narrow that is, the more certain we are. On the back, um, there's if it's a single grower, we have an illustration, quote, facts about the grower and everything else. Um, and, and if it's coming from a cooperative village, we have someone that we've been able to connect with yeah. who's providing that information on behalf of the community at large. Very cool. So what's, what's different about Onda? So, you know, there's like, there's like trade for all direct trade, fair trade. There's a lot of different like language being thrown around in the coffee world. Yep. What do you, what, what, how would you describe your model in the sourcing realm? Yeah. So there's part of the, the reason we wanted to start and and we had the fortune of starting a brand and from a foundational point of view, just, just as you did baking in the model of impact we wanted. Yeah. And, um, not to disparage any, any one else, but there's so many, there's a label fatigue out there. There's certification fatigue and there are things that have moved the ball forward and deserve all of the praise in the world for starting the conversation for, for, um, breadth, right. Yeah. For, for impact breadth. Um, fair trade is amazing. It, it, it changed an industry, it changed a consumer consciousness. It, it has transcended to other agricultural products. It's, uh, it is, it is truly amazing. But what we wanted to do was to bake it really into our business model. So we said, what we want to do is almost exclude ourselves from the conversation, right? We're, we're the roaster, but let's, let's not put the focus on the roaster. Let's put the focus on the person who's drinking it and what they want in their coffee and the person who's growing it. Because 80% of what's going 
into that coffee's quality, taste, and everything else happens before it leaves the farm, before it leaves the mill. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, so what we wanted to do was represent the quality as the growers doing, yeah. as well as the sustain- sustainability initiatives. Because if you care if coffee was shade grown, friendly to birds, um, paid their pickers well, fill in the blank, right? All yeah. the things that, that that these certifications do. Yeah. The guarantee should be that the person who's influencing those things is receiving direct economic benefit. So we made this revenue share model and we said, all right, we're going to negotiate with you on, on green price and based on quality. Right. And so we're, we're, we're whatever the, the market is paying, but we want to untie you from, um, from the commodities market. And so we can, we can negotiate that price independently. Um, and then we're going to pile on a revenue share model after we sell our roasted beans. Because as we succeed and as we as as customers latch on to your product, you should be rewarded for that. Or if customers latch yeah. on to your story, your identity is a really precious thing. Um, let's not just uh, let's not just leverage it. Let's let's make sure it's coming back to you yeah. and that you have agency in this decision. Yeah, that you're. It's not just it's not just whatever's handed your way. Yeah. So you so white guy from Seattle going in, trying to convince someone that you're going to do revenue share. Did you run into issues of saying, like, how have you been able to build that trust? I, can't, I imagine some people have been very skeptical of people coming in and saying, hey, we're going to source, we're going to share revenue with you. And they're like, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's been, um, I'd say the relationships we've been able to forge have been strong enough and, and, and we're still at a point size-wise where there's so much um, trust between us and the person we're buying from that, I guess it's a risk. I, I guess that's all there is to it. Yeah. And and we're already paying as high as anyone else in the market would pay just for the green bean. So you're kind so, of putting your money where your mouth is at the very onset. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Yeah. So the revenue share is additional to that. So that's yeah. just gravy if it comes in, which yeah. it does. Yeah. One of the difficult things, uh, to your point, is, and one of the reasons we're trying to move into traceability, is how do you, how do you follow the bouncing ball, right? Yeah. And how do you get that delivered how do you make sure that the, the product is what we say it is that the identity is who we say it is that the sustainability data is what we say it is and that the money goes where we say it goes yeah and so um traceability is is something we're working on to solve that uh but as it stands now we we have to basically ad hoc figure out how to get our revenue share back to people and it is uh for every girl we have it's it's uh it's it's a different method right yeah now. yeah it's probably different for each grower on accounting as far as where this money come from and what does it go towards and totally yeah totally uh right the types of currencies yeah, the, currency the weight currencies are currency, yeah yeah <laughs> oh wow so are you oh. trading on like usd or is it a calculation then converted or like are you um, wiring out USD or are you like converting it and then sending it out or I, I can probably recount to you how things are going. So, um, one girl was able to set up a US bank account. And so that's just a, a, a B2B transfer. Yeah. Um, one grower has family in the U S that we're able to remit through. Nice. We, in, in the case of the lotion coffee, um, we work with, with, a with a cooperative and nonprofit structure to disperse. Yeah. Um, and then we've done some direct transfers through either wire or um, or like Veeam or yeah, some, yeah. some of these other oh, cool. digital payment agencies. Very cool. Yeah. Oh man. So you so I I haven't heard of like a revenue share before in coffees. It's fairly new. Yeah. I mean, it was we thought of a thousand different ways to uh, to put our mark on on um, 
making a brand that makes an impact, right? A successful company that makes an impact. And we took, as, as I've said this to you before, but we, as we built owned and thought about what we wanted it to be, yeah. we looked for our kind of brand spirit animals and you guys were certainly one of them. <laughs> and the, the meerkat. The <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like my, uh, what is it in here? Like a Patronus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we looked at these these companies and that were able to take a foundational approach to impact b- baked into their business model, um, and and just disrupt the status quo that way. Um, and and so for us, we, we we toyed with what we wanted to do, and there's no right or wrong answer in our opinion. Whether you work exclusively through nonprofit partners um, or or there's some other kind of way of doing it, what we ultimately settled on, and I had just finished reading um, Banker to the Poor. Uh, which which deals with microloans. Yeah. The argument, super boiled down version, yeah. is if the folks on the ground are economically empowered, they will make the right decisions for their families and their land. And so we said, all right, then anytime we sell a pound of someone's coffee, they're getting a second payment. And um, it's on them to make the right decisions. And yeah. if they don't, then we can figure out how we either do or do not keep sourcing from them. Right? Right. And And... You know, we I, I I personally spend my money in many stupid ways. So yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, how can we judge them when it's like I just went out and bought a cheeseburger wherever? You know, totally another shirt and I have twenty, right? <laughs> totally, totally. But what we've seen is it helps elevate quality, and while it shouldn't, it necessarily only it, it shouldn't. It's their money; they can do what they want with it. But what we do see is some really stellar examples of it going into infrastructure or. Um, Increased wages for pickers, permanent housing for pickers who are who are, who are migrant workers yeah, who, who move yeah. through and help to, to with with coffee seasonality, um, reforestation efforts, and so we have these anecdotal pieces of evidence of the money that we carve out through revenue sharing that customers are willing to to be a part of yeah. that goes back to elevating communities and and lands. That's awesome. So on the wholesale side, when you're going in for the pitch, are you are you more expensive than some other specialty coffees out there? Are you about the same price? Like, how is that? How's that? Have you come up with problems against that? Yeah, it, it's we're we're in the same zone as other as other specialty coffee companies. Okay, yeah, so you're within the ballpark. Yep. Nice. nice. Yes. Which which is it's it's got its own. It, you know, I think it's the competition comes on on scale, and so that's where that's where some of the big players right now can say. Well, right. If if you you know ink a deal for for this many pounds, and then we'll give you a break on price. It's yeah. it's hard hard to deal with when you're when you're getting off the ground. Yeah, totally. Where have you where have you found the most success? Like direct consumer, wholesale, retail. I would say. I would say that. Wherever we can show up and tell our story tends to stick. Yeah. So I'm really excited. We, we've done pop-ups and, and farmer's markets and that, that, you know, the whole nine yards there. And, um, it, even sampling in grocery stores, right. Um, yeah. which, which it sticks like people, people get it. Um, and that connection person to person is, is, is really important. And, and we put a huge value as you guys do as well on customer service and engagement and everything else. Totally. So I'm really excited to see how we do in, in the retail space. I'm, I'm, Super excited. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, a wholesale, a year into really trying this earnestly, um, 
grocery's gone pretty well for us. Nice. Um, it's a, it's a difficult yeah. market to, to work in as a small and young company. There's a lot to learn. Each each store is different. Um, Vendor setup and all all the fun things, terms and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like learning learning every day, right? Um, how to how, how to how to approach um, distributors and and shipping managers and um, you know it's the, it, there's all these little worlds that that it's impossible that any one person could have dealt with all of them in totally. their life, and so totally. there's no playbook for these things. Yeah, yeah, and that's half the fun, right? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and struggle. Yeah, what have you? What's uh, what's been most surprising? Kind of getting some of these channels. You know, I've I've just been thrilled with the way it resonates. Like, if 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 we can be in, if we can get get in the room, it seems to resonate. That's awesome, and and that's a good thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the bad side of surprises, yeah, just the speed and and you and you've warned me about this before. <laughs> the speed of things coming to to fruition and and deals closing, uh, is is glacial compared to what I thought it would be. Yeah. Oh yeah. It takes just a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but once you, I mean, once you get those small wins, you're just like the highs are. High. People are like, what's it like to run a business or start a business? I'm like, I mean, the highs are higher and the lows are lower, you know. And then trying to find that middle ground on a daily basis is really important. But yeah. man, I mean, the yeah. highs are crazy. Yep. And the, but the lows can be devastating. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, what's uh, what's been like the most just like encouragement that you you know like the wins are like you know on the good side of surprises when people have actually like interact with the brand and it resonates, like what's an example of something where you're just like, Oh man, this was like a total, you know, notching the bell for us as a company. Yep. Um, this is a, it's a, it's a really unique, like and tiny slice of time, but um, someone reached out directly to my brother and I, um, we had an intern working a pop-up at a grocery store and they were just like, love your message. Your intern is doing great work. Um, <laughs> it's really resonating. And like, as we've gotten into the grocery market, which is, is a complex thing, like those little nuggets start to bubble up and there's positive criticism too, right? Like someone was like, Hey, the way your bag seal sucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh. <laughs> like, okay, thanks for the feedback. Yeah, like, all right. But you've changed it though. The bags—I've noticed the bags have changed in the last uh, couple of months, right? Yep, bags yeah. have changed, and the way we seal them changes. Um, yeah, yeah, those are those are fun. But that's what's that's what makes it kind of a, a fun ride as you get to adjust and definitely move on that. Definitely. Yeah, I think I'll—I don't think I'll ever forget Patagonia emailing us through our help desk, and Haley, one of our first employees, was like, "Hey guys, Patagonia just ordered," <laughs> and we were like, "Is it spelled right? Is it dot com? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. is, this, is this a scam?" <laughs> Um, you know, we always wanted to work with them, and the fact that it came in, we're like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is incredible!" You know, yep. and I'll never forget those moments in, in my career. Yep. Um, and then just recently, we were, we were down in Oakland at Blue Bottle, and we've been working with them for a couple of years now. And we were in the cafe probably a couple hours early because the, the way the flights worked out in the meeting time. So we're in the cafe hanging out, and, and we come up to uh, to grab a second round of coffee, and so we're up there, and and the barista behind the counter. Granted, I had a mirror backpack on and a mirror jacket, and so like it was very obvious that I was from Mirror. But he's like, "Oh, you're the founder of Mirror, right?" And I was like, "This is creepy." He's, I was like, "How did you know?" He's like, "Well, you have a bunch of Mirror stuff on, and and I read the retail brief of like your story, and it so it resonates with us." And it's just like, man, this one person 
has yep. paid like enough attention to our brand that it actually cared and like somehow either looked us up or whatever and it was just I don't know, I was so like yep. blown away by the fact that somebody cared that much to know about like who we were as a company. It's pretty surreal. Yeah. And then he was excited that we got to meet and I don't know, it was it was a fun it was a funny serendipitous moment. And then walking out of the cafe there was somebody who I didn't know that didn't work at Blue Bottle who had a black mirror tumbler. Yep. And I was like, Hey, here are a couple stickers on my card which has a discount code on it. and she was like, Oh my gosh, I love your brand and it's like those are the moments that like yep. when it's low, you gotta like always remember those like mission moments. Yep. Which is something that our team every uh, we have our all staff meeting every quarter and that's what we start off our, our meeting with is mission moments. And we that's share awesome. help desk things, reviews on on uh, Google or Apple or whatever else and yep. those are so important when you build a brand. It's really special. So. Yeah. Yeah, and how cool, like, and speaking of, of, of kind of the spirit animal, right, Patagonia is, totally. for us, certainly one, I'm sure for y'all yeah, too, yeah. Um, in terms of how to, how to build a company that, that that's that's trying to do. Totally. Yeah, right they're, I mean, they're just, yeah, they're getting after it, and it's kind of setting that bar, and like yeah. constantly, not like setting it and staying there, but setting it, and then like, you know, raising it a little bit, yep. and then raising it a little bit, and raising it, and yep. so, yep. yeah, I think kind of the rising tide of like trying to raise the bar is, you know, hopefully, yep. some of these bigger bigger guys out there in, in the in the specialty coffee area like who's on to we got to figure out how to do a better job <laughs> it, it's it um there are plenty of folks doing a g- good job but the goal is right to, to raise the whole industry to that point and yeah. and and other industries right just just to change the way businesses are done and to constantly be evolving i don't think our method will be the best method in yeah. And I don't know when it's going to be, but at some point we need to adapt or die too, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you always kind of be like, you know, if you don't, if you don't kind of um, level up, so to speak, our, one of our great board members, Steve Meineke, he always says, make history or be history. Yeah. And it's like, just, it's like ingrained in my head, you know, that, you know, you have to keep innovating, keep evolving. Yep. So what do you, what do you see as like next for especially coffee for Onda, you know, what's, what's kind of like pushing the envelope? Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that, that the traceability is really, um, really going to take a front seat. Um, just guaranteeing who you're sourcing from uh, is, is super important. And, and one of our focuses is, is to, to, to put, to put our effort from sourcing on as many smallholders as possible. And, and we source from some small, medium farms, but when you can source from smallholders that they make up the vast majority of growers um, and it, when you're able to represent them, their agency is, is, uh, that a grower, a single grower might have tens of thousands of hectares Yeah. and a coffee company can source from them and say, yeah, we're, we're sourcing from a single grower. We know who it is, but there's a lot of magic to be made with the small and medium holders getting, getting market access, like upstream to the people that are buying it right. and, and understanding the value of their product the, from a quality perspective, from a sustainability perspective, from the fact that that their identity increases the value of their product at market, yeah, um, that there's a huge growth opportunity there, and so so I hope that my hope for for ourselves is that we're able to to really increase our sourcing, yeah, um, and 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 for the industry, I hope I hope we can put something into place, a model into place where um, identity for literally who's who's come in, and I'm not saying everything has to be a single origin, it can be a mixed bag, but knowing yeah. who contributed to that. Um, is, is, I think, important um, 
going forward. Totally. I, I see it across like apparel. My buddy Cole, who started Crochet Kids and Known Supply, you know, so it's happening in apparel. Patagonia obviously does it in apparel as well. Everlane. Yep. Um, you all, you know, we do it on the impact side of things. Yep. And it's, I think I think transparency, the consumer is, is, is demanding it, which is really cool. Yep. Uh, it's so often that it feels those people, like, I'm just one person. What can I do? Yep. And... It was so funny because we were we were recently down at Everland and they had this beautiful um, just handout because they're doing this whole plastic uh, reduction campaign. And on the back it said, um, "What can I do as a person?" Said seven billion people. You know, yep. and the whole thing, the whole notion is that like, you know, everybody can individually say like, "Oh, I can't make an impact." But if seven billion people all say that, of course we're all, we're not going to make an impact. On the flip side, if seven billion people all have a positive attitude and say, "I am one person and I can make an impact," things will change. Yeah. Which is really cool. It's a, it's a, yeah, it is really cool. And, and, um, the challenge is to, to just inspire. There's two things. There's making something that inspires people to participate. Yep. And then there's something about making it easy and like not too out of the ordinary too. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I look at the, you kind of asked what, what was coming next in a previous question and, yeah. and I'd love to figure out our way of tying back to, to whether it's a cup or a bag of beans, um, in a way similar to what you guys do on your on your gift yeah, codes, yeah. and I, I think that's really special. It's digestible. Yeah. It builds trust. Um, totally. And it's and it, and it and it really it ties people into to what you guys are doing. It's it's at the core of yeah yeah. Transparency is like yeah. so so important, and the gift codes for us is um, yeah. It was it was such a it was so funny because people are like, oh, did you start the business with this? And it was it was an idea about a year in when we came back from Liberia and a buddy who had purchased our bottles was like, wait, so the bottle that I bought helped fund this. And that's why I was like, yes, it did. Let's, 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 let's talk to everybody about this. Yeah. Let's get it out there, you know? And, yep. uh, you know, known supply where like they have each woman who makes the piece of clothing signs it, you know, and there's her yep. story on the website and, yep. um, it's such a cool, um, just, I don't, you know, it's just like technology and yet just like so simple. Yeah. And it's just like taking the time. It's almost like people just need to take the time to do it. You yep. know? And it's, I think adding that human element, whether it's environmental or people growing it or whatever, it's, there's such an opportunity I'd say for any business really to, to be transparent. Yep. I think, I think the, the technology is a really important factor, right? So you've got this product that people love in your case, uh, yeah. you know, durables in mine, in mine, in mine, a consumable. Yeah. Um, people love it. People want are asking for a better way to purchase We've got this this world that's increasingly connected, right? To like to steal a cliche, like the world's like smaller than ever. Yeah, yeah. Then why is it so hard to, <laughs> right? Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, le- yeah. okay, like let's use that and make sure that that there's like we talk about our value, the the coffee supply chain, right? Yeah. It's also a value chain, um, and it's an information chain, and all this other stuff. And our goal is to really use technology to to kind of loop back over the chain, yeah. Um, and and make make it this value loop. Totally. Um, yeah. Dots. yeah, that's awesome. Well, you guys, we can find Onda in New Seasons PCC. Not PCC yet. Come uh, on, PCC, get it together. I know, I know. <laughs> they got the hard line on organic, so oh, man. so so oh, we're right. we're we're mixed organic and not organic, and and uh, the Department of Agriculture's uh, got some requirements on on basically how the roaster works. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, Met so market one, one day. One day, yeah, yeah one day. Um, met markets, um, and then working on, uh, Whole Foods, Washington stores should be, um, 
here in the next couple of weeks. Very exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, obviously, ondaorigins.com. Is that the website? Yep. Absolutely. You can find it there. Yep. You can find it in our office. You know, if people want to walk in and get a cup of coffee. <laughs> yep. Yep. We're starting a, a, a restaurant residence program with you guys. Yep. So so here at Mir's flagship, we'll be um, on drip, pour yep. over. Yep. Um, yeah, you'll be guest have some merch. Yeah, the merch will be there. And yeah, we're, we're certainly excited about it. Yep. Cool. Well, it's, um, we love, we love what you guys are doing and, um, we're just, we're so, we're so grateful for another partner to be out there kind of preaching the transparency piece and yep. yeah. So thank you for, no, thank you guys your neck out there and yep. getting after it. Absolutely. Um, what's uh two last questions. So like what, you know, starting your own company, it's, it can be brutal highs, highs, low lows. Yep. What keeps you going and inspired when, when things are hard? Yeah, I'd say, um, I got three three things. One's yeah. just the long term belief, even in the lows, the the kind of undying flame that what I'm doing will work. Yeah. Right. Um, and if and if it's not working in that moment, then I'll find a way to make it work. Yeah. Um, Bring in the ships. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, two. Um, the people on this side. I'm going to say this side, like where we've started. Early customers, um, both individuals and, and wholesale, early employees. Two, we our first two hires um, full time are 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 just unbelievable. Um, Shannon does does our our um, our impact and marketing work, and, and Kayla directs really all of our coffee sourcing, roasting everything else. And it's just it's just amazing to think that you know it's one of those moments where you're just like, all right, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then. The third is is seeing our impact come to life at Origin, um, and that happens in a in a variety of ways. Two quick stories: uh, Enrique built a permanent structure for his his um, his transitional workers who come through and help with picking every season, sure. which is um, is is far beyond what what is required. Um, yeah. He also pays one and a half times what Costa Rica requires to pay pickers. Um, and they're based on quality, not quantity. And then Yvonne, the Guatemalan girl who we traced with blockchain and has visited yeah. here and sat on a panel with you. Yeah. Um, she, uh, she was through working with us. Um, she got market access through a different roaster. She was featured on Nordstrom as they did a, a woman, woman run coffee. Um, cool. and, they, and they have a, they have a white label agreement with a, a big roaster. Um, she's been directly represented on our bags or revenue share program, we were able to negotiate price both for us and through the Nordstrom deal that took her from, uh, the, the mid, the mid one, one point five ish range per pound, um, closer to three. Wow. Um, and she, a couple of months ago was, was able to take 13 of her pickers and it's been an all cash system based on, based on what, what she's been able to get, the farm and then she pays her pickers in cash um that is uh you know literally dangerous in 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 many cases to to walk around with with cash um and so she's been able to bank 13 of her pickers and um banking is is largely recognized as as one of the the beneficial steps to to financial independence and wellness um and so facilitating second payments and, and being able to get a bunch of people banked is something that we didn't expect but happened and we're cool. super stoked about oh wow 
Yeah, I mean that'll definitely keep you going in the yeah. in the in the tough times. What are what are some of yours? Oh man, uh, great question. I, you know, I'd say definitely the people. You know, the people that have been in Mirror for a long time. You know, just that that kind of like resounding commitment. Yep. Um, you know, and there's there's the, like the practicality of like something's not working at some point. You might have to like pivot or throw in the towel. But I I do believe that there's this like this Bernie of the ship, so to speak, you know, where, you know, horrible metaphor in the sense of conquistadors conquering, <laughs> but in the sense of more of, you know, a metaphor to being like, I'm going to commit to this so much that I don't have an exit. You yep. know? So I think, you know, kind of that mindset of I'm going to figure this out, yep. uh, whether it's direct consumer, wholesale, retail, international, whatever it is that just like, I can't go back. Yep. Um, I'm probably like unemployable at this point in any other company. <laughs> so I always have to do something. But, um, you're, yeah. you're ruining one of the lies yeah. I tell myself in my life. <laughs> you're like, oh, I can just get a job, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm highly employable. Yeah, the further you get into it, the more you realize, like, I, I am not employable. Um, I'm probably too strong-willed and have too many opinions. <laughs> Beck would have to work. I'd have to be a stay-at-home dad. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, you know, I think it says the people, you know, Beck and I are in this together, and, and we work yep. together, so that's a huge piece of it. Again, the people, you know, not just the meerkats here, but also internationally. Um, you know, people often ask, like, oh, when, when are you going to sell? Are you going to sell? I don't know. Like, we don't have an exit strategy. We, we've raised um, a bit of money in the past, and, and literally in our, in our PPM, private placement memorandum, it says there is no exit strategy. Yeah. You know, and the fact that people are still in the U.S. money is, uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess, somewhat laughable, but it's, it's that commitment that, you know, we will provide a return on investment at some point. Um, yep. But for me, right now, if I had all the money in the world, I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. The fact that I get to travel internationally, meet amazing people, um, connect the dots, you know, and, and then take your Laos and coffee to our Korean partners who don't believe Laos can even make a quality <laughs> coffee, you know, and like that, that stuff brings me a lot of joy. So yep. I think the travel, the other partners, suppliers, um, and then, you know, I think coffee is such a amazing industry. It's global. It's local. There's different takes. There's nuances. It's ever evolving. You know, the roast profiles are always changing. New yep. drinks. Um, you know, this whole this whole industry is just fascinating to me. So, those that, that's a long way to say. Like, those are some things that, that keep me going. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the people. You know, the people that su- support you and surround you. I think. Yep. I don't know who, what quote, Chinese wisdom, virtue, whatever, but like, you know, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. So like always trying to, not that you're trying to like uplevel your friends, but just kind of your, your increasing time with others and maybe decreasing time with others. Um, Yep. But I think for me, seeing other founders, entrepreneurs who are kind of like pushing the envelope and being inspired and encouraged by them to go, oh man, like I am competitive and they just like took this up a notch. How could we do that? You know, or, you know, thinking about how you're, you know, doing you know you're getting people bankable like are people in our supply chain bankable i have no idea i should probably look into this Um, so things like that are always kind of motivating for me yep um yeah that kind of stronger together mentality and i I think it definitely across industries but even within coffee is like there's a there's there's like anyone who's willing to challenge the status quo and be better yeah is is an inspiration to me and and and, um yeah It'll, it'll take much more than just you or just me to totally to totally yeah and, and when accomplish. people like knock it out of the park you're like all right respect now we have to go figure out what our next product line is going to be and yep. not like whatever laurels are not resting on them yep <laughs> um, yep i do need to figure that out but <laughs> what <are laurels>? um <laughs> 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 Well, yeah, the, um, at Mir, our, our pack, our podcast is called Empowerful Podcast. So our, we've kind of made up this word of powerful. So it means empower. Um, and then the full is kind of this amazing combination of whatever you want, beautiful, thankful, grateful, um, 
impactful. And so we always ask every guest, what does empowerful mean to you and to, and to Onda? Yeah. Um, I think, I think empowerful, uh, for, for both, both myself and Onda is, is really, um, it's not necessary. It's, it's the challenge of, of, of the next day and, and, and staying in a, in a place in a mindset where we're working. We have this, this kind of true North, this, 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 this place that we want to keep going. And it's, it's really in, in some ways, like, like a good vision statement. It's like, it's an unachievable true North, right? Like we can never get there in our lifetimes, but like that's, and we have business goals, right. That, that we want to get to, but, but in terms of like driving forward, there's like, we're all on the same page with, and I'm on the same page is why I get out of the bed in the morning. I, I, I believe it's why my employees get out of bed in the morning that we can, we can bring value to people in the world who have been denied it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, yeah, oh, that's a, amazing. A short way of saying it. Yeah. Bringing value. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I love that. Cause you're bringing a value like down the supply chain. And I constantly talk about adding value to our customers yep. um, all the time because it's, if you're not adding value to your customers, why are they working with us? You yep. know? And so it's one of the great parts is, you know, connecting you with whoever else and just this, this kind of adding value. But I love that. Like yeah. adding value to people who have been denied it. Yeah. Cool. It, the, 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 the market for coffee, um, it's paying the same based, based on a commodity price and the, the vast majority of coffees, even especially ones are tied to commodities pricing. Yeah. But the commodity price itself right now is the same as it was in the seventies. Yeah. It was like, it's super low right now. Super low. Yeah. And you're, as you said earlier, right? Like coffee from a roast and, and barista like delivered into your hand is, uh, always, always evolving. And the price is reflecting that. Yeah. And so, and so there's this, where is that value going? And yeah. none of it is going, has been going traditionally to, to the people who are yeah. responsible for the vast majority of the quality and sustainability and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. I know, um, I know SCA was trying to do a better job of connecting of bringing the growers in. And one of, I don't know if it was their fear or an article that I read, but they were talking about how growers were like shocked when they would come into a cafe in San Francisco, LA, Seattle. And they're like, how is a latte five dollars? Yeah, like I pay, I like I get paid a dollar fifty a pound. Yep, you know, and their minds were kind of blown as to yep. like all this value was kind of in the upper end of it, and so yep. figuring out kind of how to smooth that out a little bit and really adding value to the creator. Totally, totally, and it's a huge challenge from from a messaging standpoint too, because there's plenty of costs in running a cafe. <laughs> totally, yeah. You're like, but the lease is really expensive. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but again, it's like you know, I think just getting the transparency started. Um, yep. You know, and just constantly working towards improvement. Yep. Cool. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah. Appreciate you having you on. People can find you on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Onda Origins. Yep. At Onda Origins. Yep. And uh, be be in the renovation process right now and hopefully opening up in um, in South Seattle here in spring. We're running a pop-up down there on weekends out of the roastery. Oh, cool. um, and then, uh, yeah, you can find us around town at some of the grocery stores Brian mentioned earlier, as well as at, uh, we're super stoked to be the um, the roaster here at Mir. Um, for the next quarter, as well as um, at uh, the La Marzocco KEXP Cafe oh, cool. in, in December of this year. Nice. So, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Congratulations. Thank that's you. That's a huge Thank accomplishment. You. That was another one of those, like, 
Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're like, all right, all right, we're in. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people pull this one off on part-time work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. You're like, I'm glad I pull, I'm, I'm like full-time in this. Yeah. Nice, cool. Uh, well, again, yeah, thanks for being on the podcast, and uh, best of luck to you in the future. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I um, really enjoyed it, and special moment for me to be able to sit down with you, as, yeah. as you have, as I said, been, been, you know, the Meerkat's been the spirit animal. So <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode.